Well, like, obviously, like, I was here the first time, mm -hmm. but, like, since we moved in, like, when we initially moved in, it wasn't, like, I didn't feel it that much anymore, but then, like, over the past few weeks, it's just been getting more and more, like... You feel like it kind of, like, uh, was testing you out? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't feel like there, it's being harmful or anything. Like, before, I feel it, like, by the bed, and in the laundry but like not in the bathroom anymore mm -hmm. also I, I like see things out the corner of my eye and mm -hmm. like I try to ignore it but like I'll get like a little go Hollywood during quarantine could be one creepy town. Lift the stay-at-home order up, and you'll be surprised what ends up manifesting right in front of you. On today's episode, I take you with me to a second investigation at a haunted Hollywood apartment located off of Hollywood and Highland, one of the most busiest areas in Hollywood. The tenants at this apartment are experiencing something very, very unusual. Shadow figures, footsteps, the sense of being watched and even being touched. Let's sit down with our friend and Hollywood medium, Rissa, as she goes over her finds and readings that may lead to the answers as to what is behind the unusual manifestations and how it leads to my final findings of what could possibly be behind the hauntings of this haunted Hollywood apartment. Hollywood is a town made of layers that were built by ghosts. Peeling back each layer is like turning a page in a book. And if you take the time to study each page of that book, you might get to know a few of those Hollywood ghosts. Grab your K2 and join me on these little travels and investigation for our new little mini-series that I like to call Chasing Ghosts. Hey all you Holly weirdos, just as a side note that this recording was made on June 23rd of 2020, right after California lifted the stay at home order. So safety protocols and measures were still practiced and conducted during this paranormal investigation at this private residence. We also ask that you please disregard any noise pollution since this apartment complex was literally in the middle of the busiest part of Hollywood. Now let's see if these ghosts actually practice social distancing during this investigation and let's get Holly weird. Welcome to our new mini-series called Chasing Ghosts, where you get to tag along with me during my paranormal investigations. Recently, I've been contacted by a few individuals in and around the Los Angeles area who claim that their homes are haunted. Join me as I travel to their homes to interview them, do a walkthrough, and sometimes bring a fellow paranormal investigator with me and our Hollyweird psychic to help us find out answers to what or who is the cause of what goes bump in the night in their homes. Well, let's start with the first investigation. This one I like to call the Haunted Hollywood and Highland Apartment. 
This apartment is literally located in the middle of everything, is in the epicenter of everything Hollywood. Just down the street is Muso and Frank's, the Roosevelt Hotel, Madame Tussauds, the Hollywood and Highland Mall, not to mention just down the street is the American Legion Hall and a sweet picturesque view of the Hollywood sign. In late February, I was contacted by Arissa, who you guys probably remember from our second part of Is Our Job Haunted by the Ghost of Charlie Chaplin? And it turned out that a few of her friends who had been living in this apartment in Hollywood and Highland were experiencing something strange. It started out with knocks, and then it led to things going missing in their apartment. Unusual cold spots, the sense of being watched, until it got physical until they started getting touched at night by an unseen force. Instantly, they felt that it may be a presence of a man. How they confirmed this was actually extraordinary. One night, one of the girls felt as though she was being watched in her room. She turned around and there sitting on her bed was a figure. She immediately grabs her phone and takes a picture and in that picture, it looks like a figure with two eyes looking directly at her. We posted it on our Instagram. So on March 3rd, just a few days before California announced their stay-at-home order due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Rissa and I conducted a little paranormal investigation at their apartment. At the time, it was three girls living in that apartment and all had the same story. They felt a presence in their apartment. They never felt alone. They felt like they were being watched. Every time that they would go and make something in the kitchen, sit and watch TV, take a shower, even sleep. Rissa did a walkthrough and reading of the entire apartment and came to the conclusion that there are many energies that were wandering in and out of not only their apartment, but this entire building that they lived in. And for some reason, all these energies were mainly attracted to them. A voice box session was conducted and what we came up with from that voice box session was a name Anthony. And we think Anthony liked to hang around the girls a lot. And towards the end of the investigation, we came to the conclusion that it's not just the apartment that's haunted. It's not just the entire building, but it's the area, it's the land. And I was going to make an effort to research on the land and the property. But also you have to understand that Hollywood and Highland is filled and rich with history and tragedy. And there are layers and layers that we would eventually peel back within time just to reveal a chapter of that location. And that time came in mid-June, right when California lifted the stay-at-home order. I was contacted by Paula, one of the roommates of that apartment again. This time, Paula had three new tenants living with her and they're experiencing the same unexplainable occurrences as her past tenants. Except this time, this time it was different. This time it was a little more stronger. It was a little more darker and it was more oppressive. It wanted me to know that it was there, but it was at this time during this second investigation where I would unearth a final layer to this whole entire mystery. What I end up finding out about the property of where that apartment stands is big. It's really big. It's a big piece of history and it goes all the way back.
when did you notice, Paula, like, everything started happening? With Like, this time? This, the second time, yeah. The second time, I think, a week ago. A week ago. And what were the manifestations or the things that were not normal in your day-to-day routine in this apartment? First, it was, like, everything was, like, things, my keys disappeared. Okay. And we looked, like, all over and they weren't here and a day before I came upstairs at night and I need the keys to come upstairs so there's no way that I left it like somewhere and then also my t-shirt it was missing and then we found it in his closet like completely like folded like perfectly folded okay then um I don't know sometimes I just feel like someone's looking at me or like I don't know like chills is it mainly when you're by yourself or when everyone is here no, even though everyone. So it's either when you're by yourself or when you're when everyone's here is when you, regardless, it's here. Yeah. Okay, it will do something. And yeah, and then sometimes I just see like shadow, like in the corner of your mm-hmm. eye, and it's mainly right there, right? No, I think now it's it's moved. All, yeah, I think okay. now it's like all over the. It's all over. Okay. This is Paula, one of the students from my work who is currently living in the Hollywood Highland apartment. You'll also get to know her new roommates, who are also her classmates at my job, Kenny, Avery, and Chandler. And you'll soon realize that they all have the same stories and experiences of what's going on inside their unit. Like when you're here in this area, can you show me where you are when you see it in the corner of your eye? Can you just stand at the place or kind of remember oh, what you're here, doing? Here, here, I look, like a lot. Okay, so when you're cooking, you Uh see something go like that. Uh Is it mainly like right here? No, or sometimes I can see like... Right there, the reflection. Okay. And also yesterday I was like closing my my blinder and like the the top part just fell down. Literally that part, like the one that it stick to the wall. Like the up, up, up part. The trimming. Yeah. Okay. Like, Has it not... ever happened before? No. Okay, never and happened. And it just, like, I was, like, closing it, and it just, like, fell. I have it, like, okay. in the floor. No. When these things happen, mm-hmm. what is your reaction? Do you ignore it, or do you acknowledge it? I ignore it? it. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's what you're supposed to do. And honestly, I'm not that scared this time. Well, that's good. That's good to hear, actually. Um, has it dis- like Has it decreased since you've been ignoring it a lot more? No, it's just it's just like getting worse, I think. Okay. So what I gather from Paula is that she's seeing movement going back and forth in the hallway that leads to the bedrooms when she's standing cooking over the stove. And right above the stove is a microwave. And on the reflection of that microwave door, she sees a figure of a man standing behind her. It seems that what shook her the most was the trimming above her mini blinds in her window in her room fell down out of nowhere. Now let's meet Kenny and listen to his experiences. But not only does he have experiences, it seems like he has gifts. Well, like, obviously, like, I was here the first time. Mm-hmm. But, like, since we moved in, like, when we initially moved in, it wasn't, like, I didn't feel it that much anymore. But then, like, over the past few weeks, it's just been getting more and more. Like... You feel like it kind of, like, uh, was testing you out? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like... I don't feel like it's being harmful or anything, um, but like, like before, I feel it like by the bed, and in the laundry, but like not in the bathroom anymore. Mm-hmm. 
but like I remember that that was that was the common area yeah yeah and okay like also I, I like see things out the corner of my eye and mm-hmm. then like I try to ignore it but like I'll get like a little like a, you know like you're yeah okay yeah, so there's a like, correlation yeah, and I feel like when I'm like but like I feel when there's small groups of people here but not mm-hmm. like like if we have a party I don't mm-hmm. feel anything but or like especially when I'm alone I don't know if it like me being paranoid or if I like, I feel like people are like watching me like, like there's like, you know when like someone's staring at you you can like feel it like, oh yeah I've gotten yeah, that many like, times yeah but and you've never ever had any experiences like this outside of this apartment with something of the other world you have yeah have you seen anything growing up or have you heard it um well like there's like psychics in my family and stuff so we're gonna put a pin on that okay because i think it's connected to you then i'm just gonna say i'm not gonna (laughs) well if you're that sensitive yeah it's gonna it knows my family always said like oh like don't mess with that like Mostly, I, I deal with, like, dreams. Yeah. And, like, I analyze dreams and, like, have experiences oh. with dreams and stuff. But, like, my family always said, like, don't mess with any types of energies or anything. Like, because like, obviously, like, I feel it and stuff. But I never, like, like dove into it because, like, you never know, like, of course. if it's harmful or not. And it's, like, I'd rather just... Yeah, you rather close the door. Um, yeah. Like Peyton, who I was talking to, I mean, she's very, I mean, very sensitive where she can see them. Yeah. Um, and she has developed ways to block them, like physical ways. Like she's like, I have to close my door. I literally have to close my door to my room and tell them to, to stay out. And yeah. I think that's well, something you should do, like just try to figure those things out, like yeah. how to protect yourself from it. Because I think it's... It's not literally knocking on your psychic door right now. Because it started happening. I'm just going to ask this. When he... Did it start to pick up when he and these two started moving in? Or No. It, I okay. think it was before because right after I went to Mexico. Okay. Two months ago. Um, I had a session with a psychic that I talked to like every six months. Mm-hmm. And she's like... The session is on the phone. But it's like she tells you like literally the names of like i don't know like my grandma like you know but like now this time she was like "Mm, are you by yourself and i was like yes why and she's like because i feel like weird energy Mm -hmm. there also last time you came we said that whatever it is is like intimidated by brinya and brinya's not here anymore yeah i feel like that has something to do with like the spike in it yeah because brenya has a very protective yeah. force around her and that was confirmed by rissa we will put a pin on that because that is something that could be linked to it as well it could be getting stronger and trying to show himself or itself to you more and more as another side note during my first investigation at this apartment paula was living with two girls whose name were solveig and brenya brenya is actually more of a stronger personality out of the three and according to Rissa's readings Brynja had a very protective energy around her which could be the reason why things didn't feel as intense my first time investigating in comparison to now. Now let's meet Chandler and their friend Avery. Avery has definitely been feeling and sensing a lot around the unit but then I end up finding out something about Chandler that 
may be the link to an increase of the manifestations within their unit. Peyton reminded me of this in our last reading. Uh, I feel like I, I haven't felt as much as they have. Um, I feel it more in the bathroom, especially when I'm showering, because I feel like there's someone like on the other side of the, like, fucking... The, the curtain. curtain, yeah. yeah. And, like, last night, I don't know if you noticed me and Daniel were, like, looking at each other. It sounded like someone threw something in my room. No, I heard like, that. Like, something I like got thrown in the room. And I, like, looked at Daniel and was like, did you hear that? I was like, I heard it. I and thought you were talking about the movie because I heard something no, no, in the room, too. No, and then, like, I was, and then, like, obviously, I did the dishwasher open the other day. Oh, yeah, my And then, no, oh, was sleeping something thrown? No, you were out here. Yeah, we were. So, we're things are, you're, you're hearing things that are being thrown in different rooms yeah. while you're in different locations. Have you gone and investigated and see? Hell no. You're not. I'm just you're like, like okay, just, okay. Yeah. And how do you react when that happens? I kind of just laugh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When this opened, how what, was it? Did it look like this? The dishwasher was it fully closed? It was like fully, fully closed. It's always fully closed. And like you it can't latches. even yeah, open it's like hard this. To open. Wow! Like you have to like and press something like, here. Fully open. Oh! So and like, I, like I was sitting right here when it happened too. She was way over there, and I just see it like open and like like right there. I was like, no one touched that. Oh! Cool. Um, Has that happened before, or it just started happening now? It was the first time. Wow! And when did this happen again? a week ago yeah a week ago okay also like i feel the energy more when chandler's not here um i don't know if it's like intimidated by him too but some people are (laughs) but (laughs) no because like what what was i gonna say when the t-shirt he wasn't here yeah and then the t-shirt he wasn't here and then like the other day we, we um like she saged but before she saged like i did like a walkthrough and like there were certain places where I would just like, Bleh. like you know, like mm-hmm. tingles and, but like, and the other day he wasn't in there, but I felt it like in the room, like I was like, uncomfortable, but like normally when he's around I don't feel anything, so I don't know. But, mm-hmm. yeah. And like also what happened to us super weird is that Avery was sleeping in the couch and we had like a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. And. Like the glass of wine, I came out and Avery was still sleeping, and then the glass was like standing, and it has had wine, but like all the wine around it was like my wine was absolutely everywhere, all over the counter. But my bottle and my glass were standing up, and I didn't hit it when I was sleeping; otherwise, I would have cleaned it up. Right. So it like when I woke up and she was there, like my wine was everywhere. Where Andrew, was it sitting on the table? Was it like in the middle, or it wasn't no. on the edge or anything? Right, like my wine glass is right here, and my bottle is right next to it. So there's the just no rhyme or reason. No, that is so crazy. And it didn't have like anything inside to be like, oh, it's like to draw, fell down. To, yeah. yeah. And also your bralette from the other day. Oh yeah, the other night, um, Chandler wasn't here, and Kenny and I were sleeping in that room. So Kenny was in one bed, and I was in Chandler's bed. And I took off like my bra that has like the wiring on the bottom mm-hmm. to go to sleep. And then in the morning, when I was putting it back on, half of the wire was there and the other half was gone. Then I went up to my apartment to like grab some stuff, and then my wire was sitting inside my bag, which I left by the door when I was sleeping. Oh my so, god! Like, I had it on, so I know that I didn't bed, remember. She took it off. It, it was there. Like it was in the bra. Like, so I don't know like how. You have no, like, conclusion for that. It's all yeah. inconclusive. And also, like, I don't know, but, like, lately, 
we have never had like noise like from our neighbors and like mm -hmm. lately it's been like noise but like at certain time like, and like but it's like weird noises like we're like oh my god the neighbors upstairs but like I don't know because it's always like at night or like afternoon or like five in the morning there's no way they're up and like so. someone running and like but like jumping and like I don't know mm -hmm. so I don't know if it's upstairs or it's gonna be a variety of things because this is a very large apartment complex and you guys are like central to everything like a lot of haunted places are around you guys you have the American Legion Hall which is down the street and that's been very that's been said to be very haunted Hollywood sign all of Hollywood Boulevard you have the frolic down the street Pantages the not wax museum. The wax museum. You also have the um, Roosevelt, Roosevelt right there. So you guys are like in the epicenter of everything. Like but you then, said before with the triangle. No, you said there was like a triangle of locations. Yes. So it's like well, where we are, it's like this trifecta of like happenings and layers of history that have been embedded here. I have to interject here. While editing this particular part of the interview, while explaining to them about the trifecta theory, how we're all in this triangle of so much that has happened in and around Hollywood, I think I got a response with a yes. Maybe you guys can hear it, but here it is. And layers of, and layers of, and layers of. Could this be a possible EVP responding to my theory? You decide. Um, there's also a theory of um, what they call rotation. Um, it's like this in Disneyland. We just did an episode about the hauntings of Disneyland and we interviewed a cast member that said the reason why it's so haunted is because you have all these roller coasters and people coming in and out. So there's this like constant rotation of like energy and movement that's feeding whatever's there a lot of energy. So now you have a lot of cars, you have a lot of people, um, you have a lot of people that are stressed too, um, which is going to lead me to some personal questions that I have to ask you guys. All right, you could just shake your head. You don't have to even go like in depth with me or if you want to, you can just whatever you want. I could always edit. If you do say something, you're like, I don't want that. Um, are you guys, um, do you guys suffer from depression or anxiety or any other mental? Yeah, I used to have. Okay. But I don't have, yeah, I used to take medicine also for that, but it was like, before I came here like three years ago, four years ago. Okay. But now I'm, I'm, I don't. Has it spiked or gotten worse? It has? What the? I've been feeling off. Uh, like no. mental, um, like your mental capabilities. Oh, mine's gone faculties. For you, yes, of course. Of yeah, course. like sad. Of course, like, it's gonna happen. Well, even just yesterday, like we were planning a whole day to go to the beach and everything like that, and then she got super upset yesterday, and then everybody else was in just like a terrible mood, and there was no reason. Like none of us were fighting or anything. Mm -hmm. We just woke up, and then suddenly everybody was just like off, mm. off filter. Yeah, yeah. Does the energy here? Do you guys ever feel like it's oppressive? Well, I only feel like if I'm sleeping at night, like I was telling Paolo, the only time I get really messed up or vivid dreams is when I sleep here. I don't get that when I sleep in my house. But you get that But when I here. sleep here, and I remember everything from my dreams, and I only have nightmares in this house. Wow. Um, for me, it's like the opposite. I, I only feel like like that when, you know, when I'm the only one here. Mm -hmm. Like the other day, none of them were here, and I came home from work to change, and I was just like, 
like something is here and it doesn't yeah, feel right like, yeah and like yeah. i was trying to get dressed and changed and it was just like mm-hmm. just couldn't and then um but the dreams it's like the opposite of me because like i've worked with dreams and like analyzing dreams and stuff and i always remember my dreams but lately i haven't been able to even like or can like control anything in my dreams because I, I can like lucid dream sometimes mm-hmm. haven't been able to do that some like and i'm growing up and like even before we moved in here i've always like pretty much would dream like every night but i haven't been dreaming lately so like that that's just like weird for me mm-hmm. it's like that's never happened so and it's just with you guys when you dream here is it negative or is it just is it decent mm-hmm. no i have not I honestly about dreams. I'm okay. Um, so your anxiety and other mental facilities are just have skyrocketed here. Are you guys taking any medication for that? Mm-hmm. No. How are you guys dealing with that at the moment? If I may ask. <laughs> I mean, not really. Okay. Um, no, it's mostly fine. like just like listening to music. Okay. Okay. Like, That's I, good. Or cry. Okay. <laughs> Literally. Yesterday I was like no. Gonna cry and then I cry and I felt better. Okay. When you guys are, I guess, when you guys are all here, do you guys feel a, a change? Like, like right now, do you guys feel like a change or a shift in the energy when all four of you are here? Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. I I feel like my stomach, you know, like yeah, it gets in a knot. I've been having really upset stomachs for like the past week and a half. Okay. And I thought it was because of our eating, but like even when I was eating well, like that it's not that's due to your stress and depression like that yeah. is you guys are very stressed and that could be something internal and not i'm not saying it definitely isn't something connected to the paranormal but that could be something that is contributed to and from stress yeah um another thing too um no one's taking medication right okay or um does any of you guys have any other family members that suffer from any other like mental issues? I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. My mom. My mom. Okay. My mom All right. So that's part of your history. Okay. But yeah, like now I feel like I don't know. Like my chest is like. That's yeah. yeah. That's your anxiety. I mean, that's all yeah. connected. Well, in the a question rotation. I have too is like, if it's just me and like Kenny sleeping in there then that's when things feel really like i don't know if the word's vulnerable like i feel like something's easily can come get me mm-hmm. but if chandler's sleeping in there with us i don't feel like that mm-hmm. i can feel that something's there but it's like his energy just kind of like is a blanket on me and kenny okay yeah. and that's what i was saying like when he's not here i definitely feel the energy more yeah. than mm-hmm. when he is here i so in high school i had something similar like this happen because i had cancer in high school so i was in the hospital a lot and something happened in the hospital and I had to go get blessed by a priest after. So I wonder if that had something to do with it. You just said it. Um, so when I spoke to Peyton yesterday, she said that someone in this apartment has is most likely connected to one person in particular. Mm-hmm. It's something that is brought on by a trauma that has happened in someone's past in this apartment. Mm-hmm. So you going through cancer, that's intense. What kind of cancer, if you don't mind me asking? It was bone cancer. Yeah. That's very, very intense. I'm sorry. And when you were blessed, what happened during that whole encounter? Uh, so I was, whenever I had like my experience thing, I was in the hospital. I'll just tell the whole story. I was in the hospital and I, was, I had multiple surgeries. And it was like after my, after my fourth surgery, 
Um, I have got out and my mom had told me that the surgery, I don't, I don't remember most of it. She right. said that that specific surgery did not go well. And they were like, they had me like running in and out of like the OR a lot. And then when I came out of like the, the last one, I was like super, super sick. And, um, all I remember is like, I, it felt like a dream. Cause I just remember like, I opened my eyes and I was like this black, like woman figure that was like hovering over me and my body was like vibrating. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like, I just remember, it sounds weird, but I just remember praying, and it stopped, and I, like, feel like I woke up, and I talked to my mom about it, and when I got to the hospital, I went and got uh, baptized, and, like, the, the priest blessed me, and then, like, it just stopped happening, like, because after that, like, I felt really weird, I felt like I was constantly being followed and stuff, and then mm-hmm. it just stopped. It stopped. And you haven't felt like that ever since? I mean, not really. Okay. I have, I have this thing that I've had since I was really, really young to where, like, I just... It sounds like I know when like bad things are about to happen. Like I get a, like a deep chill on my back, and it's not like a cold chill because I can test it. Because if like I flex my back and it happens again, like something always bad, bad yeah. happens. After yeah, that's that. one of your clears. Yeah, you're so. either like clairsentient, clairvoyant. That's one of your clears. Everyone has one, so you, it's like you can smell it, you can hear it, or you can sense it, mm-hmm. you can see it in your mind, in your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, or you can embody like you can be the mega clear where you have it all, all at once. So yeah. That's, yeah, definitely one of your intuitions that's very much a part of you that's very sensitive. Like, we all embody some sort of, like, psychic ability. Yeah. yeah. And it gets stronger if you allow yourself to open yourself more and more. Um, but that is, it could be a strong connection, and that's something that even, yeah, I mean, Peyton even called that out yesterday. That, I mean, someone, she said someone went through something traumatic when they were young, mm. and it's mostly she feels it's connected to that one person and i'm not saying that might it could be you i'm not saying it's a hundred percent but it could be um because since then how have you i mean how have you felt how is your mental faculties or abilities truthfully there it was so when it first right after it first happened like up until that point like when i was sick they were like really really keen like really good and then before that when i was younger too because, like, I went through a bunch of stuff in my childhood. And, like, there was just, like, my way of knowing when to leave situations or, like, when to, like, make sure my family was okay. Right. And then after that, I don't know. It's been kind of hit and miss. So sometimes it's good. And then other times it's, like, it's it's just not there at all. Okay. But um, being here in this apartment, you feel like it's just been a shift for you, hasn't it? Or it hasn't? Yeah, too serious. Nothing too serious? During this pandemic, it seemed like everything changed. Our lives were seriously put on hold. Our day-to-day daily routines were changed and shifted. Our mental clarity just seemed a little more clouded. Especially for some of us who suffer from anxiety and depression, it got worse. And for the students that live in this apartment, that's what happened. And could it also be the reason for the heightened activity? I'm sure some of you guys remember some of the news reports coming out of individuals claiming that they were being haunted even more while being in quarantine. Back in May 14th of 2020, the New York Times released an article, Quarantining with a Ghost, It's Scary. According to the article, writer Molly Fitzpatrick interviewed a few individuals who claimed that they're experiencing heightened levels of activity while being quarantined in their homes one of them being located in Los Angeles. A woman by the name of Adrienne Gomez 
and her partner were explaining how they are experiencing high levels of activity, mainly at night in their home. According to Gomez, her window would start to shake in the middle of the night along with her bed, something that usually never happened before while living in their house. But for some reason, it started to do that. Another story that the article highlights is a man by the name of Mr. Hines who lives in New York. He would wake up around 3 a.m., thirsty for a glass of water, go into the kitchen, and out of nowhere he sees this man in white in his 50s wearing a well-worn World War II-era military uniform and cap, sitting on his kitchen table. According to Mr. Hines, it seemed normal in the split second before I realized, wait, what's happening? And as I turned to look, he was gone. Mr. Hines is also the host of the famous podcast, True Crime Obsessed. Fitzpatrick also goes ahead and interviews my favorite investigator and figure in the paranormal community, Johnny Altini, who is not only a researcher, but also a star of the former TV show, Ghost Stalkers. According to Fitzpatrick's article, Mr. Tini estimates that he has received two to 5% reports of a haunted house each month in 2019. Lately, it's been more like five to 10 in a week. Mr. Tini has seen something like this before. Back in 1999, immediately before Y2K, he witnessed a spike in reported ghost and poltergeist activity, as well as UFO sightings, which, in his experience, are also on the rise in this moment. It does not seem to have something to do with our heightened state of anxiety, according to Mr. Tini. Our hypervigilance, he said, is on the rise. Mr. Tini has no doubt that the vast majority of these cases in his inbox are completely explainable in nature, but when the sun comes up and the house starts to warm up, they're usually at work. They're not used to hearing the bricks pop and the wood expand, he said. It's not that the house wasn't making those sounds. They just never had the time to notice it. But what if it's something more than the house? What if it's something that is unexplainable? And according to the article, Mr. Teeny explains, if you're being troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night or experiencing feelings of dread in your basement or attic, just don't panic. Take careful notes on what you observe. You may soon find a rational explanation for your fears. What if that strange noise at 2.50 p.m. every day is just the UPS truck clattering by? But Mr. Teeny also offers this. One could argue that the ghost puttering around in your kitchen is not only there, but that she's always been there. Mr. Teeny goes on to state in the New York Times article, maybe you're what's changed, or maybe you're listening more closely in the greater quiet all around us. Perhaps we're just now starting to notice that the world is a little bit weirder than we give it credit for. And to me, that is what Hollywood is. It's just one weird city. Now it's time for the walkthrough, where the roommates show me certain pinpoints and locations of the apartment where they feel heightened levels of activity. I take notes for Rissa, our Hollywood medium, who will be a part of this investigation virtually as she'll chime in during a FaceTime call. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to record the FaceTime call, but we were able to do a post-mortem of her readings that she did pick up throughout that virtual walkthrough. I was yeah. up at 4 a.m. So at 4 a.m. you started hearing like pounding? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But and it's not like, because at first, like, it, being honest, we thought it was just like sex noises because it was like the knocking, but then it became like really fast and then like walking and jumping and like the most random things that just don't make sense. So right now there's footsteps going up 
above how many levels are are in this building seven. there's seven levels okay and I, I just like every other like apartment in los angeles the insulation is just okay. horrible it's horrible like I, I mean in our apartment we hear people having conversations next door because mm-hmm. they're that loud um but these these steps that we like the ones that you just heard i like super yeah they have a, a beat and um they're rhythmic but this the other sounds that you're hearing they're at four and they're very unusual. They're and rapid. The way I woke up, because like I've been woken up from my sleep many times. Like, okay. But like it just felt different when I woke up, because like I woke up and I was like, it felt like I was like, kind of like in a cloud, you know, like yeah, like, it felt like you know I could move, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my phone. It was like four sixteen or something. And I was like, why am I awake? Like, what was that? And I just went back to sleep and I like, didn't think anything of it. But like, it was just like the feeling I had when I woke up, like I could move and like, could, like dance or whatever, but it's like, I, I felt like I don't want to do that. Like I don't. You're, yeah, it's like yeah, this like, oppression kind of feel. Yeah. Like because, it, mm-hmm. yeah. Because like, no, I'm thinking about the steps because for example, you can't hear me. And there it should be like, yeah, really like, yeah, I mean, that's just how people are. Like, just never know the people here and yeah. their, their capabilities. So I would peg that out for the apartment, but I would keep a journal of a lot of these things that are happening and try to pinpoint like the time frame that it happens and when it happens, when certain people are involved in this apartment, we don't ever advise you guys to do a Ouija board. Do not call out to it. Do not say, hey, who are you? If you do feel like something is there, you have to ignore it. So you have to ignore it. One thing my family said not to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ouija boards, if you know how to operate them, they're great. But if you start using them like a stupid teenage girl in high school going to a cemetery with them, then good luck. So, um, but that's all I could pretty much do and say. I think uh, Rissa should be done pretty soon because I'm going to have her on FaceTime so we could do another walkthrough to see what she can pick up. If she's not available, I can get Peyton on who did the reading yesterday. Okay? Yes. Awesome. Like, if I'm standing here cooking, mm-hmm. I always think that it's like Kenny or somebody walking behind me in the reflection yeah, of the but no one's there. So you're here and you could see her right here? Yeah. No, like, like yeah, no. If you're, if I'm cooking, okay. and you see, and you can see oh, everything. Oh, you see you a see movement. Walk, no, you see like a whole person walk behind you. Yeah, me too. And then I, I think it's that. like Kenny or like Chandler or something, and no one's there, okay. or somebody coming through the door, and no one's coming through the door. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that's. Those. I'm gonna tell you guys this. Like the transient and homeless population has gotten worse, because I was woken up two or three a.m. last night or this morning. Um, because there was a fight down the street from us. So it was like someone got stabbed. There was a fire department and it was just a mess. And it was like too transient. So there's going to be a lot of weird noises and shit going on outside. It's gotten bad. Side note, that was uh, definitely footsteps above us, but nothing otherworldly. I mean, this was a very busy and loud time during the day in their apartment complex. Their complex is pretty big. It's seven floors and there's hundreds of tenants that live there. And also a lot of individuals who rent out those apartments to Airbnb. So there's a lot of constant movement and people coming in and out. 
And towards the end of this interview, yes, that was a scream outside. There's a high population of homeless individuals and transients around that area. And they have definitely increased during this pandemic. Not to mention that also theft and aggravated assault were on the rise in that area. May I ask you, how long have those been out hanging outside? We just took them just like Just right now? Okay, because I'm noticing like there's some light reflections mm-hmm. so i just want to make sure like oh yeah no no, no. that's no, not no, but no, you see not like not a, just like a shadow like you see a full, full head like it honestly it looks like kenny's head that's oh. why i say kenny because i always think it's kenny walking behind me but it's not okay is it very tall and it's it yeah like it's it if not kenny's height then a little bit taller when it's it, standing there how do you feel i feel fine and then if i look around and then he's not there then i get scared okay all right just constantly ignore it that's mm-hmm. all I can say. You just got to ignore yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so we have the stove and then where else? Uh, the dishwasher open. Mm-hmm. And this is always, yeah, I mean, shit. It's always, it always automatically locks or it mm-hmm. just, yeah. okay. And it just opened by itself, mm-hmm. huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> up Something up here. Up there, yeah. Okay. What is up here? not I haven't seen anything I just feel it you know right like because like from my family I've learned like how to feel when things are there without like interacting with them because my family was big on like if you don't know what you're doing don't do it don't do it right so like when I'm like doing laundry like I feel like something's there and then it like makes me feel some type of way when I'm like down here like getting stuff out of the washer because it's like I don't know I feel very vulnerable okay but like I don't feel like threatened or in, in danger I just feel vulnerable okay because I feel like something's there you know vulnerable. yeah but and what Chandler was saying is that when he showers and he feels like and well, he feels that way I used to feel that way when I when I was in this bathroom. I feel like that in your bathroom this bathroom scares the shit out of me I'm yeah. getting like I'm just gonna say this I'm getting like this feeling right now and that's an indicator like it's like someone like going like putting pressure on my head right now like right here that's what you say Although when i do laundry i feel like someone's like leaning like right here just like watching me do laundry wow okay so it's a lot of vulnerable you feel vulnerable okay it's not normal to feel vulnerable doing laundry. well no it's not you're <laughs> like i mean i'm not doing my underwear you know where else? So we have the stove and this, because I want to sh- pinpoint where Rissa, I need to take Rissa on the FaceTime. Avery says that in the bathroom. I don't feel oh. it in the bathroom. Because I have it here. Okay. Like, if I'm, I always have to look behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. I don't usually have to do that. But if when I come to the bathroom, I always see somebody standing right here. And then I mm-hmm. check, and then I close it, and then I feel like it's there again. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm showering... You stand here, and then I still feel like somebody's in the shower with me. Okay. Yeah, I'm just like, I feel more heavy. Like, right right where yeah. you're standing is where mm-hmm. I feel, like, pressure. But, I mean, but you don't you don't feel anything. You just see it, right? No, I just see it. Okay. The only time I feel anything is in that hallway. It's okay. all down the back of my head and my shoulders. Even when we were standing. Yeah, you just said. You, sitting on me. Yes. That is, like, a weight. And that's yeah. what I was feeling right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to record that. So the stove here and here, I'm going to take her on different points. Um, and then where else as well? Also, mm, in this bedroom, like I don't feel it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the thing that fell down on me. 
Oh shit. So it's like that thing. So it's like heavy. That's why I was scared. It's heavy, but I don't think it was bolted correctly, in my opinion. That's what it could have. That's what I'm. But do you? Because it's been there for one year. Yeah. It has never happened. It. I'm just. Mm. From what I'm looking, it didn't look like it was like bolted, mm. right? Yeah. I don't see any indentations in the wall. I just think it possibly. I'm just saying, like it could possibly be something that was an accident and it wasn't properly done correctly. Yeah. You guys are pretty close to the museum too. That's why I'm trying to figure out like the location of where it's all pointing. So but, the wax museum? But the wax museum. Oh, it's, yeah. But also like there's so much rotation. So yeah. that could be an activity that could have been the pro that could have been connected to all that. Because mm -hmm. um, that's something that I investigated at the Brackenfern. Every time a car would pass the building, something would happen. And it's because, like, they wanted that it, it, that energy to, to do something. So they're gathering. You see, it's, it's just this constant motion of traffic and people. Yeah. So this is, it could be a, this anomaly that's just kind of absorbing everything. But I, I don't feel that much here. Personally, for me, when I'm in here, because, like, in there, like, the pressure I feel, but, like, when I'm in here, I like, feel like, oh, I can, like, stand up straight. Or, like, I don't. Yeah, my head feel feels like, better here. Yeah, feels <laughs> it does. I think also, uh, Brittany probably set an intention in here. No, because I clean when I moved to this room. I cleaned everything clean? from Brittany, okay. and I felt so bad. Like the energy that I felt when I was cleaning was like terrible because it was like a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, and then I cleaned everything and like fixed things and okay. the flowers. Well, Maybe you did set an intention. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in Spanish, it's like a limpia. You yeah. Know? You did a, a physical limpia in here. Yeah. But you do. I, I noticed, like, the way you have things decorated is very light. So that could be you setting an intention instead. All right. The guy's room. What happens in here that... Um, when, when she was saging the other day and I was doing, like, a walkthrough, mm -hmm. I felt, like, when I stood here... this right here like but not like over here it was just at the end of, like the corner of the bed mm -hmm. like i got chills when i stood here that's what but, happened when i was sleeping like i when kenny was there i had my head here and okay my feet here so i was diagonal you're a diagonal okay and then i felt like somebody was standing here and like got in right behind me to like like my shoulder this was the bed of well, the, the picture the, yeah. do you still have that picture yeah. okay do you want it yeah can you send it to me yes. thank and you i turned over and changed positions so that i was looking at kenny yeah and then i just felt like somebody was like if i looked over i was going to be looking at somebody here and not just because i was like scared because i don't really get scared easily like mm -hmm. with sleeping but i could feel it i just remember something when i was like one of the first nights i was sleeping here mm-hmm I felt like someone was like, I was wearing these actually, and like I was laying down like this, and these strings were like this, and it felt like someone was pulling my strings this way while I was sleeping. What time did this happen? It was past like 1 a.m. And what time did that happen when you were laying diagonally? Like, like ballpark. Like 2 in the morning. So this is coming out a lot. You guys notice that there's a trend where it comes out like between it's 1. It's like 1 to 5 a.m. is huh. the worst. That's the worst. the worst. When is it very low? Mm, like the like morning? When I like, first wake up. Like yeah, around 10 a.m. Except for today. Because today, when I was taking a shower today, I felt like someone was staring at me. Okay. 
Yeah. I used to feel that a lot in the apartment. See, that someone was always staring at you. Yeah. Do you always feel I, like it's the same thing here? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, today, I, I, normally I don't feel anything in the bathroom, but uh-huh. then, like, today I felt like something was looking at me, but I didn't know if that was just, like, me being paranoid. Okay. Like, like oh, like, Tammy's coming, like... It could, it could, I mean, it could, I mean, that's what we get too when we're investigating. Um, I always tell people I don't want to know the history or ghost stories. I mean, the haunted history of the ghost stories of the place, because Mm -hmm. I noticed my first investigation, like I almost fainted. And that was because of my nerves, because the place was always like shown on these ghost investigation shows where people were being possessed and it turned out to be something opposite of what I experienced, but it wasn't that. But going in there with those nerves, it really fucked with me. Yeah. And that was my fault because I allowed myself to feel that way. Um, but that could be another possibility as well. Um, out of all the rooms here, like, where do you feel the most like you just don't want to be by yourself? In this room. In this room. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever clean this room? Yes. You did? We did, like... A lot of times because okay. after we watched that, we saw that picture. Yeah. It was like. No. Okay. And yeah, they always told me that it was like. There. It but was I, I, I have my chills. You have chills. I know, babe. I've been getting them in certain places, but there, I felt you feel that weight. Yeah. So, so far, what we gathered in the apartment, the stove was an area where they would feel and see things. Then there was the incident with the dishwasher. I remember pulling on the dishwasher door to see if there's any sort of malfunction with the lock and it was bolted. There's no explanation as to why that door would have opened out of nowhere. The most intense spot in the entire unit, in my opinion, was the hallway by the washer and dryer. And once again, so sorry for the noise pollution, but they had the AC on and it was a very hot day. And also, we were close to the vents, which is why that sound bite sounded a little muffled. But in that hallway, I felt a weight on my head. And I know that that feeling is an indicator that that's a heavy, heavy spot. I felt that way when I investigated David Oman's house. I also felt that way at the Glen Tavern Inn, along with the Brackenfern Manor bed and breakfast. Next to the area of the washer and dryer, was the guest bathroom. It wasn't connected to the room on the opposite side of the hallway, but that's where Avery would feel this presence behind the curtain. The presence was there. And that seems to be the theme in this entire unit. They feel uncomfortable in the bathroom. Soon Paula walks me into her room, which was Brynja's room. There she describes the trimming from the blinds falling down. Now I checked around the blinds area and noticed that It wasn't bolted correctly. After researching the history of the apartment on Yelp, there are a lot of complaints about the apartment not being up to par. It seemed like maintenance was a major issue in this specific building. Things were falling apart, things would stop working, there's always something wrong with the pipes. In several units, tenants complained about mold, and in other units, they complained about a stench. The amount of complaints were ongoing. However, in the master bedroom, where Kenny and Chandler share that room is quite an intense room. Now, in my first investigation with Rissa, this is where we felt a lot of unusual vibes in this room. 
This is the exact same room where Paula caught the picture of what she believes to be a man sitting on her bed. And in this picture, which we posted on Instagram, you can see it. It looks like two glowing eyes and a little image of a person or a manifestation sitting on top of her bed. And I leave it for you guys to decide whether or not you see something. But before Kenny and Chandler moved into the room, Paula used to stay in this room and feel her bed being shaken between the hours of 3 and 4 a.m. in the morning. You heard in Avery and Kenny's story, too, that they would have this feeling of being watched, being messed with while they would sleep. Chandler would even feel the feeling of his drawstrings of his shorts being pulled by something that was standing next to him in his bed while he would sleep. And there was that incident with Avery's bra. She took it off, and it was a wired bra. But for some reason, when she woke up, the underwire of her bra was pulled out and left next to her bra without any explanation. Soon, Kenny and Chandler and Paula direct me to the closet, and in the specific closet is a t-shirt that belongs to Paula. They have no explanation as to why or how the t-shirt ended up in the specific closet the way it did, neatly folded, on top of pillows, just right there in your focal view as you open the door. Now they promise me that they have no clue or inkling how this shirt ended up in the closet and why it was there folded neatly on top of the pillows. Oh, we left the t-shirt right there. Oh, in here? In here. Because I took all like Solvay stuff and like folded it and Paolo was like, I'm looking for that t-shirt, I'm looking for that t-shirt. And then like that morning... It was, we haven't... Because like I get dressed in here all the time. Yeah. That morning, like I got up to come in here and get my clothes and then I saw it there. And, and I was the, like, Paolo. It's that shirt right there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, we haven't touched it. Wow. Okay, I'm going to mark this spot then yeah, and for it's her. Like, when I get dressed in here... Okay. I don't, like, I feel uncomfortable, but I don't feel, like, the same thing with the laundry. I don't feel like I'm in danger. Yeah, that's the same thing that the girls would feel in the dormitories when Peyton was there when they first moved in. This was the first group of kids. Um, but there was an oppressive male energy that would purposely make you feel like you were not alone in the room. And he was a no bueno. I'm not saying that that's how it is with homeboy or homegirl in here. But like it just thing. feels oppressive. Especially when like people are here, like I'll get dressed in here because I'm like, okay, nobody's gonna come walk in. But you closet. still feel it in here, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like I could get dressed in the bathroom or in here with the door closed, but I'm like, oh, what? Well, someone walks in, so I get dressed in here, and I'm like, I feel like. Who's uh, Catholic here? Me. Okay. Are you? No. Okay. I would start praying to yeah. Archangel Michael mm -hmm. and start. I would start recite. Yes, I would start reciting that prayer. Thing that shocked me was the t-shirt because we were here and I told them like, oh my god, I can't find my t-shirt that it's pink and says to be my own muse. And then like two hours later, Kenny comes and he's like, come look at this. And then the t-shirt was like, like that. Yeah, it could be a trickster. It could be something trickster here too. Well, that's like last time you here, you said like, it feels like it's playful. Mm-hmm. But also I get like the impression that it's like playful, but not just to like play you know like i feel like uh-huh they're trying to be something that's not i don't want to ask you too many questions because i don't want to open you up but i feel like there's two i oh, feel yes. there's one that's that is playful and i feel like there's one when there's the sweet there's a the sour when there's the yin there's the yang yeah. so there's going to be something else here that's going to be the because opposite of that last time remember yeah. that we had three mm -hmm. but i don't think that those are the same because the other ones they were in that place. No. Yeah, they were different. like, we only missed like 
the only thing that disappeared were the knives. Okay. I remember that. And can you um can you retell that story again about the knives and what and how that correlated with what you caught on the bed with that yeah, picture? I was, I was taking like a video, no, a picture of like my room and I took a picture here of like the bed and in the pillow you can see like two eyes. But that pillow is like it can't like there's no way to reflect Mm-hmm. And also the knives were missing. We couldn't find them. And then suddenly we found one. Like two. Yeah, we found two. And that's it. Okay. The other ones we never found. Okay. But this time is like more like disappearing a lot of stuff. That happens. And like the t-shirt. That's the playful one. Mm-hmm. The t-shirt and like. That's what they're dealing with in the dorms. It's a girl that likes to take things. And that happens mm-hmm. in different locations with child energy. Children oh. love to do that, and they think it's cute. They think it's funny. It's always no, a yeah. But I have to. Yeah, we can stop. It's okay. What time is it? Oh, you want to check the bathroom? Yeah, we could check the bathroom. Hold on. Uh, let's go in here. So in this bathroom, what happened? <laughs> you guys don't see like. I do the same thing all the time. I think the lights are here. Okay. So what happens in this bathroom? I. You don't. Okay. I, it's okay. I feel. Like, if I'm in the shower, I feel like something's, like, standing, like, it's sometimes right here, but a lot of times right here, just, like, looking. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm brushing my teeth, because, like, it didn't really creep me out at first, but then, like, today it really creeped me out. So I shut, I opened the door, and I was brushing my teeth, like, this was all foggy, but I had to see through this, and I felt like something was, like, behind this while I was brushing my teeth. Oh. Today, when I was, like, in the shower, like, I felt... Like, I kept looking because I felt like some something was, like, like, you know, like, sitting on the counter like this. Like, Do you feel like it's a male or a female? I think it's a male. It's male. You feel like it's intimidating. Me too. Yeah. I feel like it's a male. It's intimidating. Yeah, I get that from that. Like, he's intimidating, you guys. I think he wants to get a rise out of you. The walkthrough ended in the master bathroom of the boys' room. It's just so interesting how the bathrooms in this unit are the places where they feel the most vulnerable. In my opinion, the bathroom is more than just a maintenance room for life where we oftentimes both start the day as well as end the day. It's a place where you take care of yourself. But in the specific unit, it's a place where you don't want to be by yourself for some reason. Anytime anyone is taking a shower, washing their face, brushing their teeth, or even shaving, they feel a presence watching them, which is unusual. I finally get connected with Ressa via FaceTime for the walkthrough. This time it will be a virtual walkthrough, considering that she is located in North Carolina. She relocated there for the time being during this pandemic. During her virtual walkthrough, I took her to the pinpoint locations of where the roommates were feeling the most activity, seeing things in the corner of their eye or in reflections of certain glasses. Rissa definitely picked up on a lot of things throughout the whole entire walkthrough. Now these were notes that I didn't share with her prior, However, I didn't record the walkthrough that we did with her, but we sat and had a post-mortem via Skype to go over what she picked up. And here's her interview. So basically when um, I was brought to the stove, I definitely sensed two energies in the room of like a shorter, more feminine energy that kept poking out and a taller male kind of like lanky figure that was kind of a little bit cold um if i dare say in like stuck 
in a sense of being dead. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's basically what I picked up. And it was pretty creepy. Yes, yeah, so that's what the girls were saying, that every time they would um, stand by the stove cooking something, they would see on the reflection of the microwave, since it was stationed above the stove, they could see a tall figure of what they felt like was a man behind them. And um, I guess there's a little hallway on their left and they would see something kind of going back and forth as well. So that's amazing that you picked up on that as well. And I think he was, during <laughs> during your reading of that location, you're saying, who's standing on the right? And I'm like, there's no one. <laughs> you, can, you, can relate, you could say, I think he's standing right next to you. I'm like, great. He's probably <laughs> sitting on the counter because that's the only thing that's next to me. But that was a definitely... Uh, interesting area. I was getting, getting a lot of goosebumps standing there myself. Yeah. Um, let's go into the second area. And this is the hallway. And the hallway was very, very interesting. Um, I felt a weight on my head. It felt very heavy, especially in front of the washer and dryer where one of the roommates would not feel comfortable. So what did you feel or see in that area? As soon as you brought me to the hallway, I had a massive headache on my yeah. right side. And I only get that when it's um, my guides trying to tell me something about my surroundings, usually, mm -hmm. or about what I'm dealing with um, spiritually. And so I instantly felt that pressure. And I was like, there's some imbalance here, as well as specifically pointing out a needle. Now, I'm not sure about a needle. I don't know what the needle is supposed to represent, but very specifically, just the word needle kept coming through. It was a very interesting area. And um, in the interview, I believe it was Chandler that was saying there was something above the dryer that he hated. It just was, he said that it didn't make him feel comfortable. And you're before he could even finish his sentence, you even like said, yeah, there's something there that I really don't like either. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Yeah, it was very, very, like, it felt like as if someone's, you know, like, pushing on, like, let's say, like, you have a bruise on your leg and someone keeps poking at it. Uh -huh. It's very uncomfortable and it hurts a little bit and it's just, like, stop, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he was sensing. Um, he didn't. He doesn't like doing his laundry there. He's like, I could do my laundry every anywhere, but not here. Yeah. Um, and then we, from the laundry area, what's adjacent to the area is the first bathroom, and um, there you picked up something uneasy as well. What did you pick up? So um, I actually picked up someone who, in a sense, did kind of feel like a pedophile, and I mean, I don't want to you know, degrade the energy or anything, but it was very interesting how that bathroom, they said it felt like, you know, they were always being watched regardless of what they were doing, mm -hmm. as well as for some reason, even though the bathroom is not the center, it felt as if for some reason the bathroom was the center area for where all of the entities either came from or like to hang out or where they're stronger. So yeah. that's what I picked up. Yes, the theme um, 
my notes, the theme that constantly carries with all of their stories is the sense of vulnerability. They feel vulnerable. Yeah. Is 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 very uh it's very sad and it really wants me to help them because you could just see like they just slightly look defeated, like they know something's there and it's it's cut one is neutral and the other one is not good. So yeah, that's what one of the girls felt when she would go in the bathroom. She would see a man standing in the tub of the bathroom behind the curtain. She's like, I always feel like someone's behind there. And I told her, I was like, well, it, it, we always get that feeling. It's like what ho- like horror movies kind of instilled in her mind. But she's like, no, it's not only can I feel it, I could kind of see it like poking behind its head behind the curtain, which yeah. oh, gave me chills. So um, the other area, which is, uh, I want to say it's, the master bedroom and that was another crucial area and this is where a lot of things happen and it happens to them while they're trying to sleep what did you pick up in the master bedroom definitely the same energy or i'd say for some reason everyone is attracted to whatever bed is put on if i'm facing it it would be my left for some yes. reason, every energy is attracted to that bed in that area. And it's like different people were in that room last time. So it's very interesting as to what could be on the left side of that room. It, it is very interesting because uh, when I would speak to them about what they would feel, um, it's always when they're laying down, they're sleeping, they would feel someone tugging on um I guess the waistband of their pants or shorts, um, like poking on their hip, touching on the shoulder, and the sense of like someone is standing over them watching. So yeah, that's that, terrifying. It's and it's funny because you like you knew like which bed was, was the most active one in there. So that was that's the same bed where Paula has the picture of what she claims is the two eyes that she caught or what she felt was an entity sitting on her bed looking at her. So uh, that's another thing I wanted to ask you, too. Did you feel or sense that entity from our first walkthrough that we did and our first interview with Paula, uh, the one that liked to, I guess, make them feel more oppressed and take and steal and hide the knives in particular? Actually, it felt so different. I mean, it could have been there, but there were so many new energies that I felt that I guess it kind of just went you know, to the back of my mind a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, it could have been there, but I just felt different people this time. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a different vibe when I walked in there as opposed to the first time. I felt that it was a little more different and a little more heavy the second time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess we could go into the master bathroom and there is something... I guess, perverted in that bathroom, according to your readings. Yeah, so basically, whomever it is spends time there. And I guess I will say this. I will say, I remember last time when I went into that bathroom, I felt like someone was hiding. And I remember. Yeah, and I asked, why are you hiding? And they were like, oh, I got to go. So that actually could have been the same energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And they like staying in that bathroom for some reason. However, I feel as if other energies come in there, like, on and off as well. 
always in a bathroom in Hollywood. It's always a bathroom that people feel uneasy in a lot of places in Hollywood, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the the boys that you that share that suite, they share that bathroom, and uh, one mentions that when he's taking a shower, he feels like someone's watching him, while the other one, who whenever he's washing his face or shaving, he's like, I feel like someone's on my right side staring me down. And um, you mentioned that it's more of a per like a pervert ghost, like someone that's a young man that was a pervert back in the day or something when he was living. Yeah. That- Someone who's very, very, I guess, like, interested in the aspects of seeing people, you know, naked. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that unless, you know, they don't have permission. Yeah. And in this case, they don't ever have permission. So it's <laughs> it's like, okay, this is very uneasy. Right. Um, I guess the next area, and it's the final one, was their closet. And one of the roommates says, well, two of them had an interesting encounter with a shirt. And the shirt was still in the closet. But um, one of them says that he does not feel easy even changing by himself in that closet. Um, What did you pick up in that space? I felt a very chaotic and, in a sense, angry energy in that space. Mm -hmm. As if when you brought me there for some reason, I was like, I feel like taking everything and just throwing it around and just mm-hmm. thrashing things. For some reason, that closet has like a very hostile, angry energy in it. Wow. And it's so funny because everything was so, it, it was a nice, neatly organized closet. And um, in my focal point, when you open the door, you see this pillow on the shelf and you see this nicely folded shirt so what did you pick up on the shirt that the roommates didn't want to touch because if you guys remembered in our earlier recording in this episode uh, Paula said that it was her shirt it somehow ended up in this closet it was folded nicely in plain view no one had placed it there it's not a shelf where they put clothes it's mainly where they put the throw pillows um, and um, I don't know if you can describe what you felt that was co- that was a connection with that shirt. Uh, mainly the fact that there's, as well as the closet energy being angry, there is some reoccurring energy that likes to organize things, <laughs> and they like to have their things their way. So if a resident of the apartment changes something and they turn around, the energy is going to take it and put it back where they originally wanted it. This is where we put shirts, not pillow energy is what you're getting. Yeah. So it's like you put pillows, but no, I think shirt should go here. And it's funny because the shirt is still sitting on that pillow. They don't want to touch it. They don't yeah. want to touch it. Like Paula doesn't want to like even remove it. She's like, it, you know, it touched the shirt. So yeah, that is pretty much all the locations where they definitely feel a lot of, happenings and uneasy feelings um in your in our conclusion with your our walkthrough and interview what did you grasp um towards the end of your virtual walkthrough through this apartment definitely the idea that these energies feed off of whatever goes on in that apartment Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, someone that probably likes to have drinks here and there, you have an energy that's very attracted to that. 
you have an energy who's very attracted to someone who um, curses a lot or someone who just seems to have a very deep mental issue and kind of like depression and anxiety. Um, and then you have an energy that's very attracted to keeping things in order. So it's just, it's literally just like a house of different people living together, feeding off of weird vibes, pretty much. It was definitely a sense of mixed vibes. Like I didn't get one thing, which was so interesting that I told you before I felt two, but it could have been more. Um, but yes, it's like this weird soup of sorts. And for my interview with them, you know, I had to ask a lot of personal questions, which I'm sure everyone heard in the very beginning of this episode. Um, but all four of them, of course, especially during this time, this unsteady time that we're going through during this um, stay at home pandemic and stay at home order um, there, they all suffer depression and anxiety and two or three out of the four have gone through uh, early trauma mm -hmm. um, in their childhood or young adult uh, teenage years. Um, so that is also probably something that they're feeding off of as well. Right. What do you get from them not being able to leave the apartment? Don't you feel like they're being in some way or picked up that they're kind of like whatever's there is keeping them there? I do sense that, and especially as being someone who went through, um, like, depression myself for two strong years, if you have energies around you that feed off of that negative energy, it's like, if you don't have enough energy and just positive vibes to get through the day, how are you going to have enough to fight off this being, you know? Yes, they did mention to me that they tried to leave one day to go to the beach and they woke up, they made plans the, the night before and they woke up and they were not motivated. They did not want to go. Right. And I asked, I was asking him, is that something that happens or is that something that just happened and you feel like it's connected to the apartment? And I know Chandler, who's the most sensitive said, I think it's something here that just wants to keep us here and stay depressed or something, which I felt like was a red flag it was like a ding 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 I, I felt that like I think that they like that which is yeah. really scary it's really really scary so uh, what Rissa and I wanted to kind of come to a bit of conclusion guys we're trying to figure out and we got this from Peyton my friend who's also um, psychic and medium but even you Rissa you're like do more research on the property and I did something just kind of woke me up from my nap today and said, go and research what's on that property. And not even five minutes into my research, um, I came up with this. Um, what stood on the land, which is now their Hollywood apartments complex, was a very famous funeral home called the Gates Crane and Earl Funeral Home. That's what it was built on the property of where the apartment building stands today. In my research, I came across this news article in Holly Leaves. Dated November 19, 1919. The Gates, Crane, and Earl Funeral Directors, located off of Highland Avenue in Hollywood, California. It offers a lady assistant and private chapel. Phone them day or night 
at 57209. I told you it was big. It was a famous funeral home. It was so famous because it handled the remains of these silent film actors and actresses. Alma Rubens, the famous silent songbird, actor Robert Edison, and famously, Lucille Rickson. During my research, I asked Maria Wessenauer, who's the brainchild of Hollywood Exhumed, if she can help me find out more information on the property. She responded with this message. The Gates Crane and Earl Funeral Home was built as an undertaking parlor in 1916 by Mrs. Grace Gates' son. The architect and contractor was E. Fossler. It was remodeled in 1935. The word liquidation is on the permit. I also informed her that the last publication I could find of this funeral home was in 1960. It was demolished in 1960 for a parking lot. You know, there's always that debate, like cemeteries are haunted. No, they're not. I mean, why would you be a ghost walking around the location where you were buried instead of going to the location where you grew up or had fond memories of, you know? But for some people, I guess, in death, like, or how they died or where their remains were handled, I mean, it could be pretty pretty obvious that they would kind of parts of something of them would linger there, especially how they were embalmed and yeah. how their remains were handled on that property. Yeah. Um, what did you recommend them to do? Cause you offered um, something came to your mind. You kept on saying wind chime. Uh, so basically I definitely recommended um, like a pinging sound for some reason pinging sounds work pretty well Mm -hmm. with getting rid of unwanted energies or like stabilizing them I don't want to say like drugging them but in a sense um putting them in like a state of calmness I know it's used in witchcraft that makes sense well thank you so much Rissa for doing this awesome (laughs) investigation with me virtually this was a really cool cool thing to do and thank you so much and hopefully we'll go on another one soon. (laughs) I would love that, yes, hopefully soon. And that was our final layer that we had to pull back, the final chapter to this whole mystery. It was the Gates Crane and Earl Funeral Home, a place where famous silent film stars had their remains prepared before burial. I remember during our virtual walkthrough with Rissa in the apartment, how she mentioned that there was one particular energy that was very unhappy about something. He was unhappy with the change around the area. He didn't like it. He didn't recognize it. That old Hollywood saying echoes in my mind every time I go back to this investigation. In Hollywood, you're here today and you're gone the next. Unlike people, there's structures there that were there today and demolished for a parking lot, a new condo, new dwellings. It's always a lot of change, but it's up to us to recognize those changes and acknowledge them. And that leads me to my final thought and theory. The tenants that live there with Paula, they're all acting students. They're all going through something very emotional, almost traumatic, especially with this pandemic, leaving their feelings 
their emotions, their mental faculties very vulnerable, almost creating like a magnet to maybe one of those famous silent film stars whose remains were prepared at that funeral parlor. If you just think of it, what was left and absorbed on that property when family and friends came to the viewing? All the emotions that absorbed onto that earth, it does carry on. And maybe it still lingers. And give it just enough time and energy, it just might manifest. I guess I could leave this quote as my final thoughts. It's by Amit Jadwani. Always at war we are, chasing ghosts that come calling from the past that never leave. And that's the thing with Hollywood's pasts. It's never going to leave. It's always going to be there, no matter how many times the city goes through changes or what's built to cover up the past, it's always going to be there. For some of us, especially in this field, we're always looking for something that can't be found, but sometimes it ends up finding us. But regardless, at the end of the day, we're all chasing ghosts. This has been Chasing Ghosts, a little Hollywood Paranormal mini-series that I've been developing. I'm sure you guys are wondering where Bryce is. He's been waiting in the car ever since I've been investigating and researching, drinking his iced coffee per usual. <laughs> Actually, he is still considered high risk, so we're practicing safe social distancing, but he does give out a special and warm hi to everyone out there. We also have a lot of thank yous at hand. We want to say thank you to Avery, Paula, Kenny, Chandler. Thank you for allowing Rissa and I to enter your unit for the second time, for reaching out to us. We know that these things are not easy to share, but we're always here to listen and help any way possible. Also, a huge thank you to Rissa and Peyton. Thank you guys so much for your reading, your time, your input, and your energy. I know it takes a lot, and we are so appreciative of it. It helped us really put this entire case, this puzzle together. And we are so thankful for your talent, for your gifts, for your energy, everything. Thank you guys. Another big thank you to Maria Wessenauer of Hollywood Exhumed. She is the head historian extraordinaire and we're so appreciative to have her as our Hollywood paranormal BFF. Thank you so much for helping me exhume and dig up some holly weird history showing us some receipts thank you so much maria we're so appreciative of you you're amazing oh okay now let's get some happy music for this outro right you feeling me all right guys if you love holly weird paranormal we'd love for you to rate us and give us a review on apple podcasts it really does help us out a lot guys it helps us become a little more visible and it truly helps us indie podcasters a lot can't get enough of Hollywood Paranormal, then travel to our website. Yes, we're adults. We're big kids now. We have a website. And that is www.hollyweirdparanormal.com. There you can get to know us, the host of Hollywood Paranormal, myself and Bryce. And you get to also venture through our merch store for some retro threads. Yes, some retro Hollywood Paranormal threads. We teamed up with Noisy Project for some 80s eclectic designs. Go check it out. It's underneath our merch icon it'll direct you to the store and if you want to also follow us on social media you can do that through the website too you can follow us at 
Facebook at Hollyweird Paranormal and Instagram at Hollyweird Paranormal. Have Twitter, tweet a lot. Then you can follow us at HWP Podcast. If you're interested in becoming a Hollyweird Patreon member, aka you want to be a Hollyweird Paranormal producer and help produce shows like this one, yes, you Patreon members, you help produce this. This is all you. And we just want to thank you for that. Also, a huge thank you to our new Patreon members. A huge thank you to Jason Payne and Carl Williams. Thank you guys so much for your donation. It means the world to us. Guys, if you want to help donate or become a Patreon member of Holly Weird Paranormal, you can do so for as little as $1 or more per month. You can set it up for one month. You can set up the payments for two, three, four, five, or a lifetime. It doesn't matter. A little goes a long way, and we're so appreciative of it. If you travel to www.patreon.com forward slash Paranormal, you could read the info of what is involved and included in your donations. You'll be automatically inducted to our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club. Now, Saturday Night Ghost Club is a bi-monthly podcast where I come collect ghost stories from off the streets from friends who have had a little paranormal experience or two. I collect that and turn it into this wonderful, creepy little podcast. You would also be gifted in stickers, magnets, coasters, and pins. And soon you'll be having access to our videos, which is pretty exciting. Have a ghost story that you're dying to share, no pun intended, then please send it over to our way at hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com for our listeners' tales. Want to catch up to past episodes of Hollyweird Paranormal or keep up with us? Then please do so by subscribing to us via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Android, Stitcher, CastBox, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Deezer. We're everywhere. We also saved the best for last. We want to give a big, huge, belated happy birthday and Hollyweird Paranormal shout out to our new BFF, R.A. Ruiz Acosta over at Mercado Poco a Poco. Guys, go and check them out. They're amazing. She has such an amazing shop and blog. You can find them at www.mercadopocoapoco.com. Poco a Poco is dedicated to the empowerment of Latinx communities, Latin extraordinary communities, as I like to call them, supporting people of color and dismantling white supremacy and misogyny. And we're all here for it. Not only that, but they have a wonderful group of brujas and brujos that we're here for, definitely. So definitely go check them out. Thank you so much, Reese, for your kind words and your messages. You not only made myself cry, but you also made Bryce and his man hair cry, which is a huge feat. He's going to kill me for saying that, but it's okay because I'm going to come back as a ghost and haunt him. So we're all good and let us not forget about the music music at the top of the act and in the middle was by Gaia into the fog and makeup and vanity set also playing right now is called the bone trail by slink okay friends till next time always remember there's light and darkness take care of yourselves check in with one another and be kind but most of all stay holly weird feel free to turn up the volume to enjoy the rest of the bone trail by slink